Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Integration Chronicles, the only podcast focused on ecosystem integration brought to you by Clio. We're your host, Tushar Patel. And I'm Frank Kenny. Ecosystem integration is the modern innovative way to extend and augment B2B integration. It takes a process-centric approach to orchestrate, connect, and integrate the core revenue-generating interactions and operational services. Partners, shippers, carriers, enterprise applications, and e-commerce marketplaces can leverage API, EDI, and file-based integrations on the same ecosystem integration platform, all with the necessary governance and control optimized to support mission-critical interactions in real, just-in-time, and batched cycles. Every couple of weeks, we will dig into relevant topics with industry leaders and integration experts with a specific tilt towards the supply chain. You'll learn how to grow your business faster, pick up best practices for scaling your organization, and discover new ways to drive operational efficiencies. Follow us to get up-to-date alerts when new episodes are available. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Integration Chronicles. A couple of weeks ago at our Clio Connect virtual conference, I had the opportunity to sit down with Mr. Rich Baker, who is the Director of IT at Minnetonka Moccasin Company. And the fireside chat was phenomenal, so we thought we would release it as a podcast episode. Hope you enjoy it. Today, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Minnetonka Moccasins. We've got Mr. Rich Baker, Director of IT over there. How are you doing, Rich? Good, thanks. Glad to be here. Awesome. Well, what we're going to do today, everybody, is we're going we're gonna to learn a little bit about uh, Rich's story. And so, Rich, why don't we just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your business? We, uh, Minnetonka Moccasin, we're uh, family-owned, 75 years, uh, manufacture and sell footwear, moccasins, slippers, and uh, uh, other footwear that we design, manufacture. Uh, Initial customers years ago were the independent gift shops. So there's long relationships with a lot of smaller shops, resort type um, shops. But then obviously uh, over that time, customers in the big box and, and of course e-commerce we have now too. And we're, um, our, our warehouse and headquarters are here in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Awesome. Well, for those of you that didn't catch it today, we're actually giving away some of the moccasins that you guys sell. So there's a lot of opportunities by uh, going to some of the demo sessions. Uh, we have a survey uh, within the platform as well. So if you fill that out, that you, you get put into a raffle for that. So super excited. So Rich, it's funny is I grew up in a, in a mountain town with a lot of small ski shops and gift shops. And I remember seeing those moccasins. But as a kid, you never, you never think about a brand and you don't really, re- you, you know right. what they are. And as we've been working together um, and, and hearing about your story, I started to go to your website and I realized like, oh, I remember, I remember those from when I was a kid, yep. right? And so, you know, as a kid, you always think about, you know, Nike, because everyone wanted to be like Mike and, and I never owned moccasins as a, as a kid, right? But uh, huge brand, uh, you guys are all over the place. And so you're, you, you know, you mentioned e-commerce, you mentioned retail, mm-hmm. Um what are some of the channels that you guys are, are selling into? Um, are you, can you give us some specifics around that? Yep. Yeah. The, um, uh, I mean, like I mentioned, the, the, the independent stores are um, a, a real seasonal couple times a year uh, product 
introduced to them. They place orders uh, out many you know m- months in advance, and then we we manufacture to those orders. So that's been kind of the the bread and butter. And and like you mentioned, there's loyal customers of ours, and then there's loyal end customers of theirs. And um, there's stories about uh, people with you know 20 or 30 year old pairs uh, that they might have at their you know, their cottages or their cabins or whatever. And um, it will, occasionally we get a picture uh, of, of that. But that was, um, that was really where, where it started. Then, then the, you know, the, the, a lot of growth around the, the big box type, you know, national um, marketers uh, and, and selling to them and then them selling in their locations. So, uh, and, and we, we, we not only sell our catalog uh, or in-stock product, as we call it, um, but also manufacture based on specifications of, of certain uh, retailers and what they're interested in, something unique for them. Um, and they, we do that design. So the design people are working with them in advance, getting that manufacturer, getting it approved and getting it distributed to them. And uh, and then e-commerce was is really where we've... Uh, seen uh, huge growth like everybody has in the years. So our, our warehouse has transitioned over the last, you know, 10 years from doing large bulk shipments uh, that there was much lead time on to more drop ship type shipments where turnaround time is key. And you might even get penalized if you don't get uh, things out, whether that be the, the product itself or the shipping notifications afterwards. Um, and if you don't ship it the right way, and if we don't communicate the right way, so those things have really um, taxed our our existing ERP system really beyond its ability to support it. So um, Clio having the Clio EDI infrastructure was a nice first step to uh, having some getting control over those communications. Um, so that as we do do this big ERP project here shortly, um, we at least have the EDI connections that we can rely on. That's awesome. Well, you hit on a couple of things. So one is, you know, you, you, your model over, over the years, right, has gone from small mom and pop to supporting retailers, now e-commerce, and now even marketplaces. Is that right? So do you yep. even sell on marketplaces? Yeah. So actually, uh, the the uh, Target Marketplace was our first one. That was actually our very first uh, Clio integration. Once we, well, we can talk about the, the timing, but that was our first one, and um, turned out to be very successful all the way around. So, um, and then we're expanding into other marketplaces too because that's where the customers are, and that's how people are shop shopping now. So we have to be there with our website, but we also have to be um, be able to to fulfill based on those marketplaces. Yeah. And look, it, you know, we always talk about this. It's, it's all about um, fulfilling the customer's expectations. And nowadays, the way customers think is they think, okay, I'm going to go to a company's website. They might go to the favorite retailer. They might go to a marketplace that they're, that they're comfortable with. Right. I know, I know my wife uh, is, I think has um, target.com like on her thumb. Right. I mean, it's, it's like, bam, right there. And um, you know finds it finds everything very very quickly and 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 is a loyal shopper to a few marketplaces and retailers. So you want to be everywhere that your customers yeah. are, right? With- well, the story I like to tell this won't take long, but we yeah. we, we went through the EDI uh, 
or the marketplace integration process. And I was embedded in that. That was really my first time through the process beginning to end. And we uh, were all set. We published our inventory values out and I watched them flow to, uh, to the target marketplace. And we had our first order in 17 minutes. And uh, my, my background before this job two years ago was healthcare. So I hadn't seen that sort of turnaround, but going from, uh, you know, nothing, you know, no presence at all, really, to uh, people are out there buying stuff on that marketplace. And somebody must have put in the search bar, you know, slippers or moccasin or saw ours against others and chose it and seven within 17 minutes. So um, that just meant there were people there shopping and we just needed to be able to get our product there in the, in the best way. Maybe we should start selling clear integration cloud on those markets. Seventeen minutes is is fantastic. Seventeen. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. And, and that wasn't like a test order by me or somebody. Yeah, else. Was like yeah. A real order to real customers. A, le a legit order within seven. And 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 you know, and and our theme for this event is is all about agility, right? And I think that is a great example of agility. Is is your organization saw the change in how your customers were buying, what their expectations were. You decided to make an investment in your integration platform. We're going to talk about that in a second in terms of what drove you to that. I think we, we kind of got the, the high level already. Right. But then within a few minutes of launching, you were able to get an order. I mean, that is the level of agility that I believe uh, IT as well as manufacturers or logistics organizations, wholesalers need to have in, in today's world because um, I hate to say this, but consumers are, are brutal. Right there, the the brand loyalty and, and all of that while it's there, um, convenience sometimes trumps even that brand loyalty. Right. So if you weren't well, there, you may have you may have not gotten that you know that Minnetonka customer. They may have gone to one of your competitors. Right, and you know to your agility point, the the like, like I said, I've been here just a little bit over two years, and um, uh, the the system we have is the ERP system we have is something like fourteen years old, and our EDI integrator that we had before we'd been with them four or five years. And um, the, the process, so a combination of our ERP system being, uh, you know, difficult to work with, you know, we, and our integration to the existing, uh, to, the, to our old now EDI partner, just everything about that was slow and expensive. And, and it was, it took calendar time, it took, um, effort. There were lots of different people that needed to be involved because there was just a lot of different technology components that needed, whether it's a language or a transfer, well, a, in your, in the Clio words, a transformation, but in that case, it was programmers doing things. Mm. And there was just way there, there was. And so, you know, you, you get what you get based on what was designed. And since this growing area of the business had happened, but the really neither system kept up with it well, everything just took time where the EDI group, which is under me, they were just always behind. They were the last one to get something done. And so, you know, the sales folks would be chomping at the bit to get things done. And, you know, in some cases we'd actually literally, you know, we'd have product, right. That's ready to go out, but due to one reason or another, it's taking a long time. And there was a lot, you know, because there were a lot of different parties involved, uh, there's a lot of finger pointing and whatnot going on. And that was really, uh, wasn't, it was probably one of my top two issues when I started kind of figuring out what's going on here. And so that was really what spawned 
looking at what the options are to that particular vendor. And that's what really uh, you know, took me to Clio. I, I didn't have experience with EDI partners, so I was learning the industry um, and the, the Clio folks that I, but, but with a, you know, I've, I have a fair amount of gray hair, so I've got, uh, uh, IT knowledge, uh, just nothing specific in EDI, but you, you if, if I can kind of smell getting that I'm getting a, a bad story from somewhere, I'm not liking that. And I never felt that way through the, the sales process when I was asking probably stupid questions of, of the, the sales folks that I was working with. And then the engineers, they were breaking, they're bringing in. And what was nice about those early discussions was I was kind of, I kind of came at it with a fairly unstructured problem. I got this, I got this, I got this. And we worked through a solution and it happened to be that we didn't have to rebuild a whole bunch of our existing uh, code. We used that to kind of jumpstart the EDI integration work, but I did that with them. So at the same time that they were confirming that the scope of the work we were going to undertake, me migrating my 40 some connections over to Clio, they were, you know, the sales engineer and the sales guy were making sure that that made sense. I was also learning the process, but I was also getting comfortable with it too. So, and I was also able to, you know, make sure that I was getting a good story. It's all proven out. Everything that we talked about that they highlighted as, issues or concerns or whatever that was good because we got ahead of those so it's been a very smooth migration and it was the right thing there are no regrets on how we did it but we were moving um the the idea of moving to the cloud was fine by me um and the idea of having components in our platform next to our erp our, our erp is not a cloud-based one because it's 14 years old sure. having components there that do the interface i guess it's called ground to cloud or whatever yep our that agent. works for me you know that that point so it's kind of the best of both worlds i haven't even had to pay any attention to the local cloud to, or ground to cloud stuff um, i deal with the cloud tool and the information is there that I need. But um, that was really how I ended up getting, you know, being interested in the Clio solution was uh, the things that seemed to make sense in terms of being able to quickly onboard customers and be able to have people access and find out where the errors are and resolve errors and resubmit transactions. It all wasn't in the old world and it made sense to me. And I saw what that was. No, it's fantastic. And so a couple of things that you said that I want to unpack. So okay. you talked about our, our ground to cloud and, and cloud to ground uh, capability, and that is called our CIC agent. So that is okay. um, kind of headless technology that can sit on premise to, to have connectivity, especially when you're dealing with, um, and I'll use the word legacy because I, not, not in a negative context, but mm. you're dealing with a legacy infrastructure where you might have a legacy ERP or some custom application that can't be in the cloud that's when that agent comes in play and, and can interface between and act as a bridge between the two. And it's, and a, there's it, a secure protocol between the two and um, data in our case, and all that. Yeah. Let me, in our case, this might apply to some folks in our case, our, all of our work that had been done before was in XML. Hmm. And so I had all this XML, I mean, tons and tons of XML interface code that was with, that was alongside our existing ERP system. And that was the discussion with the sales engineers was, okay, 
I don't want to build connectivity of those things, those what you're mentioning into our databases because they're old and they're probably not going to be around. Now, I, I didn't know how long they were going to be around. Sure. I don't want to have to build that part. I'd like to reuse that massive investment we have on that XML side, you know, and then just build the other out the other side and the transform part. And that was a, a there was a, we spent a fair amount of time again coming for me to understand it. But so as a result, I got all this reuse and I reuse meaning I didn't have to pay for it and rebuild it right now. And I know I might need to, but by the time I'm going to rebuild it, I'm probably not going to build database interfaces into our new ARP. It's probably going to be API connections. So I'll start with all of that. So that it was kind of, you know, modular, I guess. Yeah. It, it was good for me because it solved a problem for what I had and it allowed there, there's a future, there's a future path that we'll figure out when we get to that path. Controlling our destiny, I guess, is the word I've used with everybody, as opposed to me feeling like I'm sending data to this third party and they're just kind of shuffling it off. I'm actually in there and I get to control destiny by based what technology am I choosing to use in this generation of my systems. Um, so I don't know, that, that, I, that might make sense to a few folks out there that are at a similar point to where I was totally uh, half ago. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really how we built the strategy, right? Our, our goal is to allow you to grow your business without having to go make another investment in integration platform. Right. And so we, we are constantly updating our protocol engine. Uh, our, our transformation engine is what we call mm -hmm. an any to any transformation engine. So you can throw a lot of different formats of, of data at it. Um, and, and it'll, you know, withstand the test of time there. And, and we're constantly innovating on it, whether it's scalability or it's, it's supporting new protocols and that type of thing. So I'm glad that you saw the value in that because as you grow your business and as new use cases and, mm -hmm. and new business models come up, new marketplaces come up, we're going to be able to support you with that. So I want to, I want to take a step back on, um, there's two topics in there. One of which you and I have never spoken about, but it's really interesting. I learned today is you are also looking at doing an ERP modernization. Mm -hmm. Now, most often, right, and, and, and folks on the folks that are listening today will, 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 will understand that. Most often what we usually run into is people say, I don't want to touch anything around my ERP until I update my ERP because my ERP is, is you know, basically you know, at the center of my architecture and it is my system of record. Mm. Now, what caused you to actually invest in integration first before migrating your ERP? What was the decision-making process there? Yeah, I guess I could, I could see that point to it. Um, if I rewind the clock a year and a half ago from right now, um, our company, our management wasn't at the point yet of, of being ready to move to an ERP. So I, and I knew that. So I knew it was going to be at least a couple, three years out before the ERP was going to be you know, at, as old as it is. Um, and it's still from here, it, it, it's still, you know, we're, we're still more than a year before we go live with it. I mean, we haven't even selected it yet at this point. Yeah. But the, the, uh, to answer your question, we were paying so much, we were suffering <laughs> so much with the old solution because we were paying so much for it. And it was such uh, it was bogging us down. And, and I had questions just about the vendor's viability. I mean, I won't mention who they are, but there were enough kind of maybe not red flags, but there were starting to be yellow flags that I'm like, 
okay, let me figure out how to do this. So I didn't, um, and you know, it was really when I started looking at comparing the dollars and cents and what it would look like in the new world that it all kind of came together and it made sense to do. So, um, you know, if it would have made sense to stay, it would have stayed. So basically by virtue of the fact that we did make the move on the EDI side was um, because it was such a compelling in terms of being able to get the business. And then, you know, as it's turned out, I mean, I'll, everybody's going to think that I work for Clio when I keep mentioning this. I mean, I, I promise everybody he does not. Okay. I do not. And, 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 but you know, I lit, you know, we, I had this, I have this one trading partner, I won't mention their name and it was taking a long time to get their specs from them. And this, our sales guys are saying we would really like to go live with them before the holiday season, which is we're kind of in a blackout mode during holiday season because everything's Absolutely. crazy. Yep. I, I got the specs finally from the third party on Tuesday morning and I finished the mapping by Tuesday afternoon and got it to my professional services folks. I'll probably have it back from them, you know, within a week and start testing. And so that, I mean, when I got here, it was four to six weeks. It was definitely no faster from that. In this case, you know, once they got all the contract stuff signed and there's all that business, which isn't my problem, yep. you know, we could go live in two or three weeks. And, and I remember when our sales guys said that that kind of thing was possible, mm-hmm. but it really is. And it's, it's, it's not any one, it, it, it's, it's all of it. It's, it's the way that we're organized with our documentation. It's the way we're using the professional services folks. It's the fact that I've just gotten 24 of them done and I went live with two today and I have five more in the next month. So, you know, it wasn't that sort of pace at the beginning, but as a part of migrating and getting good at migrating, you know, we got a well-oiled engine right now. So, so I'm kind of, you know, I'm looking forward to having them all over, right? Uh, you know, I, I don't want to migrate 30 trading partners a year, you know, forever, but I, the next 30 would be way easier than the first 30. Absolutely. So, and, and Rich, you mentioned, obviously you don't want to talk about, and, 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 you know, this is our style too. We don't want to say anything negative about any other vendors out there. There's pros and cons to every, every system and solution and, and every organization and no one is perfect, sure. but can you talk about what you were using from a standpoint? Was it on-premise software and were you responsible for everything? Was it a managed service that you're outsourcing? What was kind of the category of solutions you were using? Um, and then, and then talk a little bit about, you know, how much of the clear integration cloud are you doing as a self-service where you're building all the maps versus you just talked about sure. professional services on our side. Um, you know, sometimes we call them managed services because it's kind of post-sale and post-implementation, but you're still sure. in the middle of implementation here. So um, it's probably our professional services team. Yeah. But what, what was the before like, you know, in, in generic yeah. terms and what does the after look like? Yeah, the before for us was uh, FTPing uh, XML files to a third party and then them translating it uh, in some fashion. It was kind of black hole to me how much effort it would take and then sending it on to trading partners. And then there was a website that we could look at to see about transactions and resolve issues. And then we would get back XML transactions that then would flow into our ERP system. It was very batch. There, there was no kind. Con- our ERP was the lowest common denominator there. Where it would, I'm sure our ERP didn't support any API, and it wasn't new enough that we would build anything. So it was very batchy, flat file. Well, not flat file, XML file. And I think 
this is before my time. I think the XML format was essentially the native format that the third party wanted. I think that's why they went that way because we ended up doing a whole bunch of custom coding before my time over the years. So it, it was, and, and I guess, and um, make sure I come back to your second question. P part of the controlling our own destiny was that every time we would do a new one, it was kind of starting from the beginning again, where there'd be mappings and all that. And, and the only reason I was able to do this one in one day, a couple of days ago, was because it was real simple. It was real similar to another one. I went and grabbed my template documents, copied them, made three changes, sent it on. And guess what? Now my professional services, develop, the developers at Clio that are working this, I told them the same thing. This is very similar to that other one. You know, I, I don't understand the details of the development work that the programmers sure. are doing, but at least is like, you know, hey, I, again, I don't know if they start from scratch or not. I doubt it. But I said, hey, if you go get this one, you're going to be faster, too. And so and and so if they're faster, then I'm faster. That's the <laughs> reason why this is going to be. Whereas the old way, you know, there wasn't that there was just kind of I didn't know what happened after I sent data to them. And they were capturing all the efficiencies of scale. And if we were growing, they're gaining, they're capturing all that where I'm doing the same amount of work every time. Every time. And they're the ones. So that that was kind of to circle all the way around on the uh, controlling my destiny. I feel like I can do that. And so that I'm, you know, it's good for me to be more efficient at it in terms of the calendar and in terms of the budget. Absolutely. Your last, your last question or your other question was about uh, we are, Initially, we were going to be, I guess, hybrid model where we were going to do some of, we were going to do it. And, and then just due to staffing difficulties, uh, it was just easier to say, you know what, I, and, and because we were adding new customers at the same time that we were migrating our existing customers, it has just evolved at my choice into just having the professional services folks. And we just keep adding work to that. Um, Got it. You know, adding to scope, but adding it, you know, based on trading partners, yeah, which are absolutely. revenue to us. I did take a class last summer where I was looking at this and the idea was to hire one or two people and have them do it. We still might do that. I still have that option, but haven't needed to do that right now. Um, that would be kind of the final step of taking, um, uh, you know, having control of it ourselves. The only reason we haven't done it is because I've been keeping myself busy and I, and I've had, you know, the partners from the professional services do that. Got but, it. you know, that would be a good thing to do too. Cause then the copy and paste, I can just have somebody, you know, that works for me doing it. And, 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 uh, and so we're kind of, I guess I would still consider us hybrid. We just haven't moved into the mode where we're doing that ourselves. We, yeah. we do the, we do the mapping and the, the, the business side of it. And then we hand it off to developers that do the the transformation work and building the connection. And then I test it again. And I'm using I because we also had a staffing change. So right now it's me doing most of that, but I've been getting more efficient at it. Eventually I'll hand that off to somebody when we, when we can. Perfect. Well, you, you mentioned a couple of things in there that are super important, right? Staffing um, is, is a big deal right now. Um, and, and, and it's, uh, it's always a big deal, right? It's always been a big deal, but I feel like I hear that often. Everybody's being asked to do uh, more or the same with less. Um, there is all sorts of automation that is required nowadays in order to keep up with your competition. And you're getting a lot of, you know, what I call thrashing from your ecosystem, whether it's your suppliers 
that are that are coming to you and with delays and, and all that, or you've got kind of demand spikes and, and valleys that are happening from the customer consumer side. I just read an article today. Uh, I started to read the article today and I didn't finish it. It was saying, do not bulk up on, <laughs> on, on items before the holidays, right? So I guess everyone is anticipating folks going a little nuts again and, and grabbing a lot of toilet paper. But um, you know, because of all of the, oh, you can't have too many moccasins and slippers, uh, and sandals. Yeah. So we'll, load up that. on the footwear. We're going to load up on the footwear. Um, but, but everything else, you, you know, you don't need that much of it, but so I want to go back to one last thing um, okay. that you talked about. And, and we talked a little bit about agility and, um, when you and I had a conversation a couple of weeks ago or last week, it was, um, you mentioned two specific areas where your organization has seen mm-hmm. agility, um, and again, you're not done with your complete migration over to Clio. You're in the middle of it. But mm-hmm. even even kind of being in the middle of that migration, what are some of the areas where you've mm-hmm. seen agility for your team? Well, for sure. Um, well, I mean, I've mentioned that that the technical work can be done uh, more efficiently, especially once the the engine is running. the The other one that was not, I guess it was not, anticipated as much it was hoped for and it has turned out to be true was the troubleshooting of kind of the day-to-day operating issues of um of the edi communications paths and where we and and being able um the we had a contractor that was doing our edi work and and um we were able to transition a fair amount of the troubleshooting, the day-to-day stuff, in fact, a lot of it, to our customer service folks that can use, especially the the uh, cloud, the cockpit tool, as well as the third-party portals to be able to do a lot of different troubleshooting and figure it out. So we didn't have to have a highly skilled technical resource doing that first level, second level kind of thing, but to have them and, and me now in that role as well as the when it's something that's really nasty and to look at so that made um and it it got to be so much that so we did the transition over to that group and then it was it was natural for them to hear issues but then they had more tools to research it and to resubmit transactions and, and whatnot and by doing that then it after we it was maybe a month that we had transitioned into that role. Every now and then I check with them because it was like, I hadn't heard from them for a while. And I'm like, yeah. is everything okay? And they're like, yeah, we're taking care of it. And that's not a hundred percent a Clio thing, but it was right along line with, you know, if I had given them a portal that was hard to use for them to do research, then it would have, you know, or wouldn't have worked. But by having them be able to have that tool and, and search and find out where's the invoice and which PO is it for and why didn't it, you know, is there some error so they could try to resend it themselves and only bug me after they tried a few things on their own meant less work for me. It meant it meant I could do other things and it meant that they were more efficient and frankly, they enjoy their job more uh, because they're able to resolve more issues rather than just answering the phone and then waiting for somebody else to get back to them. And, uh, you know, because then that's then their job is 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 feeling good. So the, uh, we had kind of hoped that that would be the case, and we still have more that we can do in that area. But you know, EDI can be scary, and there, there's a lot of things that can go wrong in that. And the more of them that we can have other people kind of almost one and done solve yep. uh, makes their job good. It makes our customer right feel good that the problem's solved. 
and then we can move on to the next thing. So, and we did, we were live with uh, three trading partners before our busy season last year. And so we saw some of that this year, you know, it's so kind of quiet right now and that issues are getting resolved that we're, you know, we're, we're fully expecting this busy season that we have just as much luck with it because we'll have even more trading partners in that mode where now they're trained and our folks are trained up and can do the research that they need to do. That's that makes great. us all faster. No, it's great. So faster onboarding, definitely, as you mentioned, yep. um, as well as allowing you to give visibility to these transactions to other groups so that the other groups can help you troubleshoot and and you get less tickets, which means which means now you're you're off and doing other projects. So Rich, I appreciate all the time that you spent with us here today. This has been phenomenal. Uh, Rich Baker, Director of IT over at Minnetonka Moccasins. Again, we are giving out some of the moccasins. So uh, go to the go, go check out the demo. Uh, Rich dropped a lot of different nuggets that he talked about the cockpit. He talked about our agent. He talked about some of the visibility. Um, as you go through these demo sessions, um, there's also a training track today. Um, you can go to either one of those to, to see and learn about these things in, in more detail. Um, clearly, sometimes if you can see it, um, it, 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 it makes a little bit more sense to, to, you know, to, to the mind. So hopefully everybody um, has a chance to go to those things. And, and Rich, again, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate all of the, the, the partnership that we have between our two organizations and, and, and sharing, sharing your story. Uh, and uh, hopefully, sure. hopefully we can help you uh, continue to grow your business and, and, and be a, a, good, uh, a good partner for you there. Looking forward to it. So far, so good. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thanks a lot, Rich. Have a great day.